dogs, often referred to as man's best friend, known for their unwavering loyalty, companionship, and diverse roles in human society. These highly adaptable and sociable animals have been cherished for thousands of years. Then there are breeds that are bred for hunting. Their intelligence, speed, and agility makes them efficient hunting partners. But what happens after they have served their purpose? When they are old and tired? Sadly, for some, a life of abandonment and mistreatment follows. Hi, I'm Tej. I host Chizuba Talks. This podcast is dedicated to sharing stories of grit, determination, and hope. And displaying these qualities is today's guest, Jacqueline Howard. She is an advocate for dog rescue, notably greyhounds and meat trade survivor dogs. She has featured on the Times Square billboard, We Have a Celebrity. <laughs> she has featured with her greyhound, Baron, as, and she is also a writer and by day works for a Fortune 50 company. I believe there is a co-founder as well, but I'll let Jacqueline do the talk and I'll welcome her to the podcast. Welcome, Jacqueline. Thank you so much. Glad to be here. I really appreciate this. Yes, Jacqueline, we are eager to hear what the Flying Dog Foundation is doing, uh, what is the primary goal, and how did it start? Okay, great. So our mission is to raise awareness and funds for dogs in dire need. And what we do with that money is we take it and we award it through grants to our rescue partner organizations. We have a, a specific focus on sighthounds, uh, notably, as you had mentioned, um, greyhounds uh, in the meat trade and sometimes other dogs in the meat trade and um, hunting dogs in Spain that are call, called galgos, which are also known as Spanish greyhounds. Um, the way we started was my partner, her name is Ellen Ganopoulos, and I, we'd been on the board of a Greyhound Rescue uh, in the States, and um, the, uh, the Greyhound industry uh, quickly began fading, and there wasn't so much a need for so many organizations to be rescuing the dogs from the tracks and finding them homes anymore. And we both said, hey, we've got all this energy, and we know how to raise money. What can we do now? And I have an affinity for the meat trade survivor dogs. One of my own dogs is uh, a greyhound from the meat trade. And she has an affinity for hunting dogs from Spain. So we said, well, let's put our, you know, our talents together and see if we can raise some money for both those causes and save some dogs. So that's what we started doing. Um, you know, as far as the meat trade dogs, uh, you know, uh, in China alone, there's 10 million dogs a year that are slaughtered for their meat. Um, people look at greyhounds and say, well, there can't be a lot of meat on those. And, and there isn't. Um, they're actually, uh, sad to say, considered a delicacy. So, um, yeah, it's just an awful thing. Uh, but we basically work with partners that save them um, literally from the markets, from uh, right off of trucks and uh, they rehabilitate them and then transport them to North America and Europe where they go with to rescue groups that then find them homes. And then as far as the hunting dogs in Spain, um, what is going on there is uh, it's tradition um, 
for uh for the hunters to hunt with their galgos again they they look like greyhounds but they're not quite greyhounds mm-hmm. um at the end of hunting season um there are uh some traditions where um the hunting dogs that didn't perform so well are killed sometimes in the most heinous ways some of them are just set loose uh to fend for themselves that doesn't work out so well so there are um different rescue one of my dogs is uh nudging me right now i don't know if <laughs> oh that's so, oh yes. that's so cute what's his name uh this is a girl this is spree she's from um she's from ireland actually that's uh, that's another yeah so great uh greyhounds in ireland and australia uh, are other dogs that we help as well um but that's another story but anyway um so there are different rescues in spain actually they go out and find these dogs and take them in rehabilitate them get them into homes there aren't enough homes in spain for them so uh we will help um them with the, with the expenses that go along with rehabilitating these dogs and then my partner ellen is actually a transporter so she literally you know i'd say once sometimes twice a month she's back and forth from the states to spain to pick up dogs and fly them back here and uh bring them to rescue so then find them homes so um Anyway, uh, and like I said, I mentioned Spree is from Ireland. Um, there's uh, racing is pretty prominent in Ireland and Australia. So um, we help those dogs find homes in North America because there aren't enough homes for them in their home countries. So I, actually, we just gave a grant to one of our partners to transport for racing greyhounds from Australia to Michigan so, uh, so they could find homes. Great to know about your passion and dedication that you are, you know, putting into uh, this rescue. Now, two questions come to my mind. One is, if you say that this is a tradition in Spain, for example, how difficult is it for you to convince people to let go of these dogs and, you know, transport them back to the U.S.? And the second question is, where, when you have dogs that are those kind of dogs, which are rescued dogs, I'm sure they are traumatized. So how do you deal with the, these dogs also? So those are great questions. So for the first question, how do we convince, uh, in the case of the hunters, to give up their dogs? Uh, it, it, it really doesn't take much convincing. They don't want the dogs, you know, like these are the dogs that have not performed well for them on their sport hunting. Uh, So they will give them up. Uh, What's happening more and more, because uh, we don't do this education in Spain, our partners on the ground in Spain do, the rescues do, um, have an awareness campaign ongoing um, to uh, educate the hunters and, of course, the the people of Spain about the atrocities and uh, alternatives of what can happen for those dogs in in a humane way. Uh, So more and more, the hunters are are actually surrendering the dogs to the rescues, uh, which really hadn't happened in the past. So education is key. And again, um, we're not so much involved with that in in Spain. Um, Our partners who are Spanish and live there uh, are much more better equipped to do that than we are. But where we come in is uh, not just helping those shelters to take care of the dogs and prepare them for, uh, for adoption, but we promote them out to our 
supporters here uh, and get the story of the Galgos out. Uh, same with the Mitre dogs, getting the story out. Like so many people aren't aware of uh, of just how large that industry is and or that it even exists. So uh, again, we get the word out. Um, as far as the dogs being traumatized, uh, of course, many of them are. Um, and and the, the rescues do a fantastic job with rehabilitating them and preparing them for life and a home. But I will tell you, one of my greyhounds, his name is Felix. We adopted him four years ago. Um, uh, the, the rescue group that uh, my partner and I had been on the board of had been bringing in uh, our first um, transport of meat trade survivors from China. And I said, you know, I raised my hand and said, I would like one of those dogs. And uh, the only thing I need is one that's cat tolerant because I also have cats. So I needed one that would be safe for my cats. And the first day um, that they were actually the second day they were in the country, they were cat tested. Um, none of them were good with cats except for the last one. And they, you know, they, the president of the organization said, well, I guess this is your dog. I said, great. And I fully expected, my husband and I fully expected that we would be getting a project dog. You know, I thought uh -huh. this dog is going to have psychological issues, you know, coming from mm -hmm. this. We, we don't know what his life was before uh, at all. There's nothing we know. I actually have... Um, a video of his rescuer uh, coming out of the market with my dog and two other greyhounds that she had bought from the butchers. Um, Cause the butcher, oh. they don't, they don't care what you're going to, obviously they don't care what you're going to do with the dogs. Right. So you buy them. Uh, it's about a hundred dollars a dog. She, she bought them and, and walked them out. Okay. Uh, that woman's by the name, woman's name, by the way, is Carrie Lawrence. And she is with a rescue in the UK called Candy's Hound Rescue international and they are quite prominent in the meat trade rescue world anyway um i i bring my dog home and we walked in the house and he just kind of looked around saw i had two other greyhounds at the time saw them saw the cats said hello found a couch took a nap and that was it it's <laughs> like he lived here for life so in his case and i've heard this from many other people with the meat trade survivor dogs um most certainly not all, um, adjust very quickly to, uh, to life, mm -hmm. you know, here in the States mm -hmm. and, uh, and in a home. Um, the Spanish dogs, uh, same thing. Some adjust very quickly. Some, no, some need some extra attention. And uh, right. oftentimes mm -hmm. if, if a dog is uh, very fearful or, uh, or has maybe some psychological issues. Again, the uh, the rescues, the shelters themselves will work with those dogs. Um, mm -hmm. And then there are people uh, with big hearts who um, know how to handle those dogs and rehabilitate them at home. So they'll go to adopters who know exactly uh, how to treat those dogs to get them to where they need to be psychologically and physically. Yeah, yeah it sounds a lot like a lot of work actually, but uh, if you are doing it with passion. So do you have passionate people on your team that who, you know, people who believe uh, in this cause as much as you do? Of course, you and Ellen are there, but do yeah. you also have a partner organization that are equally dedicated? And if you find them, sorry, but uh, do, do you select them? Is there a procedure where you say that, okay, we are going to collaborate with these people? Yeah, that's, that's a great question. So, uh, 
so really as, as far as within the flying dog foundation doing uh, the work um 99% of that is Ellen and I, uh, but we have, of course, you know, people who, who lend a hand that we are most grateful for. Um, as far as our partners, uh, every, every one of our partners is uh, profoundly passionate about rescue, whether it's the meat trade dogs, the Spanish dogs, racing dogs. Um, we do have a process. We, uh, we vet them very, very carefully um, because you know, we uh, we have a fiduciary responsibility to our charity and to, of course, our, our donors to make sure the money that we're raising and sending out is being used exactly in the way that we want and that our supporters want. So um, we build relationships with different rescue groups in um in the United States. We're able to actually uh, look up their tax forms and see um, how, how down to the penny, how they're using it. Um, we also look at things like <clears throat> who's on their board and check out the folks on okay. their board. Um, we I get that. I think you are already a candid, uh, platinum candid transparency. Yes. Yeah. So we, yes. we use candid, um, uh, uh, candid or guide stars. Some people uh, still refer to it uh, all the time. That's exactly where we're able to find things out. And, you know, yeah, if we see someone else has a platinum rating, we're, you know, we applaud that. Uh, I, I, I was dying to know when we were awarded that, what the, uh, you know, how many charities actually get that. And it's only 15%. So, um, so, so we're yes, quite honored. you are in, <laughs> you are yeah, we're quite honored for that. Yeah. So we rely heavily uh, uh, on GuideStar. Uh, and what what they're saying, you know, it's it's important to have like that third party unbiased uh, research and opinion on on an organization. So that's one of the ones we use. We also use Charity mm -hmm. Navigator and uh, ProPublica. Okay, right, right, fantastic. Let's take a break to understand what Jazuba is. Everyone at some point ponders on how this beautiful life can be made more meaningful. Maybe you're a leader trying to enhance your employees' experience at your organization. Or you already work for the community and seek volunteers with state-of-the-art skills to strengthen your nonprofit. Whatever your situation, know that you can make a difference. Chizuba began with this very vision. A vision to facilitate every skill and every passion in the world in meeting a social need. Corporate volunteering has several benefits for both businesses and organizations. In parallel, experienced and enthusiastic volunteers join NGO workers, enabling them to serve the community more effectively. Jazuba offers everyone looking to add purpose and meaning to their lives a chance to connect or volunteer virtually with nonprofit organizations from over 100 countries around the world. Visit www.chizuba.net and explore opportunities to find meaning. Chizuba, your platform to do good. And now, back with our guest. You are. You just mentioned this uh, story about uh, how you got your cat-loving dog or cat-neutral dog. Yes. Is there is there any other story that you remember and uh, you know a memorable incident which made you feel that what you're doing is the right thing and you know, like they say, you know, pets come to you. 
yeah. they find you they find you and uh, is there any particular story or incident that stays on in your mind yes you know i can tell you a story uh that uh, that i hope you love it is about a dog a greyhound actually who was in india um uh-huh. she was she was a senior dog and a woman um named well, named uh i think it was punja she um she found this dog uh, a female uh, senior, maybe eight or nine years old. Uh, it was obvious that she had been through uh, quite a few puppy litters. Um, and she was, she was hungry and tired. And uh, so the lady sees this dog just on the streets, takes her in because she loves dogs and, uh, but couldn't keep the dog. So she went on uh, social media, put pictures that I found the senior dog. I need to find her a home who can help a woman that we're friendly with in Canada uh, named Robin Waldman sees this post. She contacts Ellen and I and says, Hey, I know you don't really work with India, the dogs in India, but can you help? So, so we, all we had to do is look at this dog's face and we were like, of course we can help, you know? So we didn't know what to do. Like how, how do we get this dog a home in India? We had no contacts. Um, we we really didn't know what to do. But uh, so we start posting about this dog and like we need to get this dog help. We raise money for uh, for her vet bills. She needed uh, she definitely needed uh, veterinary attention. Um, we uh, found a rescue that w- in the states that would take her. They were called uh, elite greyhound adoptions in um, in Florida. Um, they said, if you can get her to the States, we'll take care of her. So then we're like, okay, how do we find a transporter? We find this woman in Paris who says, I can get you a transporter. So she starts this, like, that's what she does. Like she searches for people that transport dogs as part of uh, a rescue event. So, um, she, I don't know how she did it, but this woman in Paris found, uh, found an American woman uh, who uh, was working in India and was coming home like every six months or so she would come home and she said, I'll take your dog, you know, I'll, I'll transport the dog. So, um, you know, so we've got it's all like these the universe. People. Yeah. It's yeah, like we, the universe conspires to get that have, done. Yeah. The rescuer in India, the transport woman in Paris, the woman Paris. who bought our attention in Canada. So uh, we're in, um, Ellen and I are in New Jersey, which is uh, the northern part, northeast of the United States. The rescue was in Florida, southeastern seaboard. Uh, it's uh, it's pretty far. Um, but uh, anyway, the woman coming, uh, the American that was transporting the dog uh, was going into an airport in Washington, D.C., which is about a three or four hour drive for us. So we drove to hmm. the DC airport, wow. uh, met the woman, gave her lots of hugs, got the dog. Um, and then we drove her to, we didn't want to put her on a plane again. So we drove her to the rescue in Florida. Um, we named the dog Stena after um, a very famous race car driver. Um, because you know greyhounds are fast, so I thought yeah. let's give her let's give her a Formula One name, um, and uh, she uh, she was adopted within days. And Senna had her own Facebook page, you know, and people were following her story. And um, you know, we needed uh, for that transport, um, 
it was, if I remember, it was about $3,500 or $4,000 just for just for, yeah. for the transport. But what a journey and what an adventure. Yeah. But she made it. She made it and she was adopted by a wonderful woman. And um, sadly, Stennis has since passed. Again, she was a senior dog, but she had a, a wonderful parents here in the States that, uh, that took care of her. That's amazing. What a story yeah. that is. Do you, uh, so how many miles has she traveled? Have you calculated? Oh how many gosh, miles I, don't, I don't even know because mm. I think she went from India to Germany uh, and uh-huh. then Germany to Washington, D.C. And then we drove her from D.C. to Florida, which I don't know how many miles that is. That that might be. Wow. I can tell you how long so it took. <laughs> like it took, like, yeah, you know, driving 24 hours straight, yeah. but um, quite, it, thousands of miles. Yeah. And wow, it was amazing. Story. It was amazing for this one dog and all of these women from completely different parts of the world, you know, coming together. I'm sorry about my dog. She's, she's talking. <laughs> That's fine. She, she wants to talk. <laughs> she does. She's very, yeah, she's very chatty. But um, yeah, it was just, it, it was just wonderful to see that partnership across the world with, with all of the horrible things that are going on in the world. There is that, something positive something positive. It was just a beautiful thing to see these complete strangers from completely different countries and backgrounds yeah. coming together to do this one good thing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. What a lovely story. And you know, these kind of stories should be told in schools and educational institutes. I'm sure it will make an impact. And I note one more thing, Jacqueline, it's uh, all women, right? All women came to help. I don't see any... Sorry. So, yeah, I, I noticed that uh, you talked about all women came together you know, in different women. parts of the world. Yeah, yeah all women too. Yeah. Go women power. <laughs> yeah, go. not to say men didn't help. Men men um, definitely I'm donated sure. to the cause. You know, I don't want to leave them out. But it was all, <laughs> it was just all women. And you, I find like, it, and you've probably noticed this too, in, in animal rescue, uh, there are for sure absolutely wonderful men involved. But for the most part, it's women who are in animal rescue. Mm-hmm. I guess it's yeah. the nurture. Yeah, yeah. It's the yes, yes, true. Yeah. That brings me, Jacqueline, to uh, the books that you have written. You have mm-hmm. written two books. You've authored two books. Yes. Uh, and they are humorous fiction books. Uh, one is called yeah. Son yeah. of a Dog, and the other is Cruise to Nowhere. Yes. So uh, does Tena figure in any one of these books? Do, I'm sorry, does what? The, the, the dog that you rescued? No, no, these are written before my uh, current dogs, although my um, dogs I have since passed, greyhounds I have since passed are, are uh, in them. The first one, Son of a Dog, is uh, loosely, very loosely based on um, my first greyhound, whose name was Max, and he was a little bit of a troublemaker. So uh, that book mm-hmm. is, um, you know, I use kernels of truth about life with him uh, to write this book, which... Um, you know, hopefully people think it's funny. <laughs> uh, I, I wrote it to be funny. And the other one, Cruise to Nowhere, is uh, complete fiction. I did put my two dogs in it, but they're peripheral characters. It's not really about them. Yeah, lovely. And these books are available on your website? They're available uh, any anywhere books are sold, Amazon um, in particular. Yeah. Wonderful, wonderful. 
Well, Jacqueline, it was lovely talking to you. I love to see the passion and uh, effort that is involved in rescuing dogs. It's not easy. I can surely say that. And in your day-to-day -day life, you know, you're living with your set of challenges. And to also take on uh, an additional set of challenges is not a mean task. So it is absolutely a mean task. So please uh, accept my compliments and huge regards to you and Ellen for doing what you are doing. Thank you so much. And um, I, I had said this to you offline, and I'll say it again. Thank you for all that you do for charities all over the world. It, it's so important. It makes a difference. Thank you. That's so important to us. I love doing what I'm doing. It is my honor and privilege. All, all of you are so inspiring. Thank you. Well, uh, the importance of a dog extends far beyond being man's best friend. Uh, the power of love and second chances take center stage. And the flying dog, that journey, uh, it can be heartbreaking sometimes, but is always inspiring and noteworthy. Thank you.